When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to Waiting on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio. Oh, 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 oh. I'm waiting on reparations. We waiting on reparations. Yo. It's the international spitter with the passport. I will never give you fuckers anything you ask for. When you get my tape, never put the shit on fast forward. Or I'm in your crib, you like why you got that mask for? Ask for them suckers who be hating, they be losing, of course. Y'all some rapey Sith niggas who be using the force. I write rhymes like I do it for sport. I like dimes, let me cruise in their Porsche. They got through a divorce, rap matador. I kill the bullshit quickly. More I show out, the more kids diss me. Best out cheer, and my sure fit 50. Eyes go green, and then I'm more Bill Bixby And this don't got nothing to do with the episode So I guess I'll go shut my mouth and begin the show Yo, why didn't anybody stop me? Alright, what am I doing? Hey! This is Dope Knife I'm Lingua Franca And we are waiting on reparations Welcome back, another week So, what do you got going on this week? I've been good We're slowly getting unpacked to the new place it's great. I'm discovering we have a bunch of neighbors who are already friends of mine. It kind of feels like, uh, yeah, like a big old party over here. So that's great on the political side of things. Um, same shit, different day. Nothing really like big to report. Keep it on, keep it on. Getting involved, as I think I discussed in a previous episode, with the DSA's campaign uh, for the PRO Act, calling um, people in the state's whose legislators are kind of on the fence to try to get them to contact uh, the representatives um, to support the PRO Act. We here in Georgia are lucky enough that uh, Senators Ossoff and Warnock are supportive of the PRO Act, which is great. 
Um, but yeah, I've been working on that a little tiny bit. That's what's up. So how you been this week, Mac? Well, after this episode, the episode that you guys are all hearing out there, um, we technically have just two episodes remaining of the first season of the Waiting on Reparations podcast. So, um, I mean, we're, we're just going to keep it rolling. I, I'm pretty sure we're not going to have, we're not having any sort of extended hiatus because we are going to have a second season, y'all. And um, I do think we are going to take a couple weeks off, though, to take a break. But I've been, like, you know, pondering some of these remaining two episodes and, you know, trying to go out with a bang. And I'm, I'm really curious. I'm just thinking of a hip hop angle for it. But I really want to tackle the whole issue with this uh, new rising anti-vaxxer movement. Because it's not nece- it's definitely not like some right wing thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of a lot of right wing kooks are definitely on the anti-vaxxer train. But you know, there's de- there's a whole crop of people that otherwise would seem like sensible people and who are anti-vaxxer. And you know, skepticism of things like this isn't ne- doesn't necessarily constitute as one being you know, having no sense. <laughs> but um yeah, I, 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 I definitely want to tackle that because it's been ratcheting up this past week for sure. Uh, Fox News has been sounding like a message board right now. So, yeah, that's what I got going on. It's just thinking of, of, of these, uh, these remaining episodes so we can go out with a bang. Speaking of episodes, this week we're going to continue our globetrotting that we've been doing lately take a brief trip to Uganda to discuss the rapper turned presidential hopeful Bobby Wine. Uh, He was arrested last week while protesting the detention of a lot of his supporters in the aftermath of the Ugandan presidential election. So election disputes are common in other parts of the world and seem to be the exception here historically up until recent years. Hence how alarming the January 6th insurrection was to us. Um, I, we, I feel like we hadn't had something like that happen in this country in a long time. Um, many hundreds of years, particularly pertaining to like an attack on the United States Capitol. And so uh, I think something of interest within this week's episode is just looking at the way election integrity is viewed and grappled with in other countries where it, um, issues are more common, more frequently part of their uh, political milieu. And um, particularly in, in countries who have had less continuity of government over the decades in places like Uganda. But first, we're going to talk all about Bobby and the events that surround him right after the jump. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. 
With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Let's talk a little bit about who Bobby Wine is. I don't know why the corruption is too much. Why the price of electricity is too high. Bobby Wine. Born Robert Kiangulani Setamu, began his music career in the early 2000s. His first singles, Akagoma, Funtula, and Sunda, brought him success all across East Africa. His music has been characterized as reggae, dancehall, and Afrobeat, often, especially in, in, the, in the last 10 years or so, um, but, uh, particularly within the last like three or four or five years, having a socially conscious message. He was the leader of the group Firebase Crew until its disbandment, after which he started a new group known as Ghetto Republic of Uganda. In the past 15 years, he's released more than 70 songs, mostly love ballads, braggadocious tracks floating about his riches, and the typical hip-hop fare. Um, early on, he rarely delved into serious topics, but by the late 2000s, he began to make a big name for himself in another arena, politics. In 2018, he was elected to the Ugandan Parliament as a representative of Kiyadondo County East constituency in the Wakiso district in Uganda's central region. He also leads the National Unity Platform political party. With his rise to prominence, his reggae love ballads have been replaced with inflammatory rap disses of the Ugandan establishment. Capitalizing on the growing discontent with a neglectful autocratic government, Wine's populist pro-democracy anti-corruption movement, People Power, has gained a pretty big following, especially amongst young, urban, and poor people. Bobby Wine, more than any other oppositional leader there, clearly articulates the people's frustration. Before he ran for parliament, Wine was known as the Ghetto President because of his song, Ghetto. It was his first song that was really critical of the government. According to Rolling Stone, Wine said he was inspired to release the song after he saw the government sweep vendors and beggars off the streets of Kampau to polish the city's image for a prepared host of the Commonwealth Heads of Government. The music video has a bunch of visuals of like, of um, military in the streets, tanks rolling through the streets, um, people gathering, like police presence, um, 
as well as just like backdrop of like of, of ghetto of people hanging out um, in what appears to be you know the slums it gives a very you know it's got this very like crew vibe and then the shots where it's like Bobby Wine and like his people like chilling on the block intermingled with you know pictures of folks that presumably shot by the police getting carted away um, you know people in crowds yelling and so I think it, it, it reflects like iconography that's becoming common uh, these days, particularly where people are sort of like um, harnessing the imagery of collective mass action to sort of um, to like set the stage for um, uh, counter or anti-establishment messages in their music. Since then, he's repeatedly used his music as a political tool to rally his supporters and spread his message. As a matter of fact, his use of rap has made him more successful than past opposition leaders. In June 2019, he announced his candidacy for the 2021 Ugandan presidential election, where he sought to take on five-term incumbent Iwari Museveni. He ultimately captured about 3.48 million votes in the election, about 34% of the vote, falling short of Museveni's 5.85 million votes, or 58%. Wine and a large section of the public strongly refute the results of the election, claiming fraud and intimidation carried his opponent to victory. Wine and supporters have cited cases of soldiers allegedly stuffing ballot boxes, casting ballots for people and chasing voters away from polling stations, and accused Museveni of staging a coup in the election. Concerns about the election's integrity have sparked protests all across Uganda and seen hundreds of wine supporters cut it Hundreds of Wine supporters carted off to jail in the months surrounding the final election tally. Bobby Wine himself was arrested last Monday while leading a protest against the detention of many of his supporters. Wine has called on authorities to free his supporters arrested before, during, and after last January's presidential election. Ugandan authorities have put Wine on house arrest and stated that he can only leave his house under military escort because they fear his presence in public could incite rioting. Well, damn, that's some fucking Malcolm X levels of <laughs> of being able to rally people behind you if you got them scared of that shit. Um, it's he's 39, so it's like the era of hip hop that I would imagine he's he came up in. You know, the the things that were insinuated in that are exactly the sort of things that would help somebody like rise to political um you know just political ascension you by using their oratory and ability to communicate with people publicly um you know the crowd control being able to rock a mic really you know what i'm saying and it's like if people like the politics that you're that you're saying and you're utilizing your music to get that point across and people are legit fucking with the music yeah yo like you can <laughs> you can move mountains with hip hop <laughs> um, on March 15th Bobby Wine took to Twitter um, to thank the fellow leaders who joined him in peaceful pro- protest in Kampala which is the capital and largest city in Uganda he said thankful to those fellow leaders who joined me in peaceful protest in Kampala as always the Kyrilli regime arrested us all and released us without charge. The police continue to surround my home. We shall stop at nothing until General Museveni stops humiliating our people. Now, let's uh, go a little bit into just what some of the political dynamic 
or situation is in Uganda. So the current president, the man who won, obviously, is Yaweri Museveni. He's a 76-year-old former guerrilla leader who took power by force in 1986. And he's popular amongst many Ugandans because, you know, he, he led, he, he rose to power in the aftermath of Idi Amin and through like a pretty turbulent time in the 80s. And so he's popular with, with a lot of the country for bringing that stability and that security. In 2010, he actually, uh, while running for re-election, uh, Museveni dipped his you know, toes in the, the music game and dropped a rap track of his own entitled, You Want Another Rap? Let's uh, check that out real quick. Yes, dictatorship bars. I was waiting for that one. <laughs> it's clearly a catchy song that mixes an African tune and local language with English and, you know, decidedly clubby beat to it, I think. The lyrics of the song highlight Museveni's personal story and stress. Hard work to get ahead. They're, they go, he was given a knife, gave it to the people who harvested millet, gave it the millet to the cattle keepers, gave, gave the millet to the cattle gave the millet to the cattle keepers who gave him a cow, which he took to the king. The king gave him a wife. He rapped. So like putting in, putting in work, moving your moving up um, in the world. The song starts out with Museveni. Um, no, I'm saying I think I can give you some rap myself now before beginning to rap in Runyakore, a tribal language in Uganda. It's got this distinctive kind of gruff voice that flows with the music, sounding like a bit like an older foreign Buster Rhymes. Um, you want another rap? He shouts to the beat in English and a crowd enthusiastically responds, yes, Ebo, meaning yes. So he got this little cute little club banger he dropped in, you know, what was this, 2010. But Uweri's attempts to curry favor with the gun and youth through hip-hop hasn't entirely covered up his administration's ills. Uweri has served as president since his military forces toppled the regime of former General Idi Amin in 1986, who, was, who himself had seized power through a military coup eight years earlier. Um, since then, since Uweri took power, and in an effort to reduce sectarian violence, Political parties have been restricted in their activities. Until a constitutional referendum overturned the rule in 2005, only one political organization, the National Resistance Movement, was allowed to operate in the country. Known as the movement, it is still the ruling party in, in Uganda today. It's interesting to me that um, in, in, in efforts to bring stability, to stop the violence, we're going to restrict people's ability to organize politically within groups uh, that are ideologically aligned. I mean, I guess at a certain point, if you just want stability, if you want, you know, if which feels like freedom, like you're willing to give up freedom to have that sense of, of being in a settled society. Over the decades, Museveni's forces have morphed from welcome liberators into state police, marred by accusations of extrajudicial killings, unfair arrests, use of child soldiers, just general corruption. Even in 1989, Amnesty International published a human rights report on Uganda entitled Uganda, the Human Rights Record, 1986 to 1989. And that shit had mad accusations of human rights violations committed by Museveni's troops. More recently, 
Museveni's former inspector general of police was placed on the United States Treasury Department sanctions list for alleged torture, corruption, and all sorts of wild shit that took place under his watch while he was in charge for 13 years. I think it just speaks to the fact that like police and military are a problem in every single country. Um, if we look at the ways that, you know, in recent episodes we talked about the backlash to the arrest of Pablo Isel in Spain and the way that the police violence um, met the demonstrations that rose up in response there. Um, we think about the... Um, when you think about uh, the huge uprising against SARS in Nigeria, like anywhere where the state has a monopoly on violence, which is most places, you know, it's like the definition of like what is what uh, what differentiates a state from, you know, other forms of community organization. We see, you know, these issues of corruption. We see these issues of suppression, of of uh, intimidation, um, and. You see a lot of human rights abuses. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's definitely an issue. I mean, I lived in Africa for, you know, the first half of my life. So especially when I got into my teen years, I've definitely been <laughs> arrested for no reason. And I've definitely had to pay off cops to not have to go to jail for the night and shit like that. That's that's some common shit. But it's it's one of those sort of things where it's you know hearing about this it's like it's like you kind of you kind of saying at least to me i'm saying to myself like damn yo it would have been better if y'all just had the regular corruption where you got to pay them off because they're fucking with you and not extrajudicial killings and taking people out back and trying to suppress dissent and shit Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Earlier that same year, Museveni dropped a single, That Hot Fire? Human Rights Watch issued a report highlighting cases involving journalists who had reported critical stories about the government being threatened, intimidated, harassed, and in some cases fraudulently charged with crimes. For example, the Ugandan radio journalist Arafat Nitso, who worked for a popular radio station and was known for his political talk shows, he'd been actually covering uh, Museveni's main opposition, and he was kidnapped from the radio station and held in detention for eight days until legal pressure against the government from the Human Rights Network for Journalists saw Nitzo freed. Bobby Wine himself has been the target of Museveni's government repression. Museveni has tried to deal with Wine through fear and intimidation, but has yet to try to kill him, well, arguably, in fear of sparking a popular uprising. Wine has been arrested many, many times, often on dubious charges, um, and as well as beaten, been beaten and tortured. His driver was found shot dead at one point, but Wine claims the bullet was for him. Multiple members of his party have also been arrested, beaten, kidnapped, or tortured. Given the cult of personality around Bobby Wine and his immense popularity, it's pretty sure that his death would send shockwaves, spark the kind of mass uprising that government fears. Museveni has multiple opportunities, has had multiple opportunities to permanently deal with Bobby Wine, Um, but his reluctance to do so suggests that for the time being, Bobby Wine is still alive because of his popularity. When the multi-party presidential elections were reinstated back in February 06, Museveni, who (laughs) was the one who instituted the whole no-party system thing, he ran against several candidates this time, and the most prominent of those was the exiled Dr. Kiza Bessinger. Now, Museveni was declared the winner, but Bessinger alleged fraud and rejected the results. The Supreme Court of Uganda even ruled that the election was marred by intimidation, violence, voter disenfranchisement, and all kinds of irregularities. But at the end of the day, they voted 4-3 and upheld the election results. So January's election and the ensuing concern about its integrity all seem well-founded given Yaori's track record with this shit. It's like you were saying earlier. I mean, everywhere has got... (laughs) Elections being disputed is not anything that's, like, uncommon in the world. It's uncommon here. So, like you were saying, that's why people should be alarmed about it. But it's, it's, it's different from what happened here on January 6th. And even that is different from Russiagate. Because Russiagate was, like... As somebody who I guess is a quote unquote, I'm not I'm not inclined to look at the Russia situation and be like, oh, there's nothing to see here. It's all fine. That's just me. If other motherfuckers want to be at that, they can be be on that. That's cool. But for me, it's like if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, then it's a damn duck. And to me, it looks like a lot of a lot of fishy shit. But I digress. There was never any part of that that was like, yo overturn the election 
or Donald Trump isn't the legitimate president. Like, like no one should listen to what he says. Like, like that. That was never really the call. Like at at best, it was some smoke that needed investigation. And at worst, it was like some shit that fucking soccer moms were following on CNN and MSNBC like it was a fucking, their stories and shit. You know what I mean? Like, it was relatively harmless shit. One thing we do know with hindsight is it didn't lead to motherfuckers storming the Capitol to try to stop the vote count. That, that never happened. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers did go to jail and have to get presidential pardons to get out. Dubious presidential pardons at that. So, you know, I... I mean, I'm obviously not in Uganda, so I can't... And it's it's hard to really know the intricacies of how Ugandan elections work and whether or not Bobby Wines or the opposition leaders of the past have been valid in their claims of fraud and voter disenfranchisement and et cetera, et cetera. I'm more geared to not believe the dictators who have been in power for like 30 years. So I'm, I'm more prone to go on the side of the opposition in that one and to think that they're probably onto something. Like you guys, yeah, you, you guys, you guys, you guys probably got a good idea going there. You know, that something fishy's going on. But... At the same time, I'm preparing myself to be in that mindset, too, because I don't think that in this country that the Republicans have any sort of intention of winning elections fairly anymore. So I think people here need to get themselves in the mindset of like, OK, be prepared to be so uncomfortable and unnerved by the results of an election that you know to be wrong that you feel you can't just stand and let it slide the difference is they were doing all their storm in the capital bullshit on some shit that most of them know is a lie most of them know it's a lie like i don't know if you want to do a poll it says 75 million americans think that there was election fraud I'm telling you 60 million of them are lying their fucking ass off they don't believe that shit they're just they're being fucking trolls I mean I think I think this this tells us interesting things about the way that a history or like a growing prominence rather of of discourse around discourse undermining elections integrity can kind of like really root itself into the public's consciousness I think back to how like you know, in 2016, liberals would not stop talking about Russiagate, 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 how the, you know, Russia stole the election from Hillary Clinton, which in certain ways set the stage for January 6th, this narrative that elections can be stolen. Uh, when your team doesn't win, it must be because there was some kind of trickery um, that prevented one's favorite party from being successful. Not to say that this is necessarily the case in Uganda's recent election, since they're, um, since... Not to say that that was the case in Ghana's recent election, but I think there are some parallels between the popular movements um, that we're seeing in both countries with regards to faith in democracy, faith in electoralism, and people taking to the streets in order to um, to demonstrate for 
the cause that they care about when their party is not successful. And right now, I mean, here in Georgia, we're seeing a number of omnibus voter suppression laws going to the Georgia state legislature, um, which I wonder if it will have a similar impact um, with regards to like liberals' faith in electoralism and democracy. Like, oh, well, let's say in 2022, you know, Stacey Abrams runs for governor here and she loses again. And then last time there was some, you know, there was talk around, oh, her election was stolen from her by Brian Kemp. And if these laws pass, like those doubts will only be more firmly held, I fear. Um, And so I just don't know the way out of this. I mean, there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of problems like representative democracy on a scale this large when you have an entire nation um, a, a, a national government trying to manage the logistics of of counting ballots and the, the lack of transparency that then comes with that. Um, I think it I think it serves um, arguments that I have been hearing increasingly about the need for us to organize in our communities, in our neighborhoods, for us to have um, more community sovereignty around. Um, decision making in our in our neighborhoods where we have direct control where we can know our neighbors and you know discuss things one on one you know and in groups to collectively decide like what we want for ourselves as opposed to putting power in the hands of people that fly thousands of miles away to DC to pass bills that may not even uh, end up impacting the lives of people in the communities they're said to represent etc. Today the movement still holds the majority in parliament. Though other major parties include Forum for Democratic Change, which is the main opposition party, they have 34 seats in parliament. And then there's the National Unity Platform, uh, the opposition party of which Bobby Wine is the president, and they hold 21 seats. Then there's the Democratic Party, which is moderate conservative, and they've got 12 seats in parliament. And then there's the Uganda People's People's Congress, with 10 seats in parliament. And it looks like folks are making some progress. Kinda, you know. But uh, you can only take these things one step at a time. It's democracy after all. And while we were talking about democracy, I wanted to give a quick plug for um, an event I'm taking part in on April 8th. Uh, there's going to be a screening of Astro Taylor's What is Democracy? Um, and holding a panel with uh, Astra as well as Chinjari uh, Kumanyika. I'm holding a panel with uh, Astra as well as Chinjari uh, Kumanyika um, and some other community storytellers, organizers, students, and educators um, to speak about the, you know, like what is democracy? What is the best way for us to collectively decide things for our community? If when you take it to this national scale, people, you know, their faith in the process becomes eroded um, by either corruption or just by the lack of transparency in the process. You know what? Just reaching the end of this, I think I have reached my eureka epiphany. I got the in for that vaccination episode idea. We should do that shit next week, I think. A, Joel... Can you please drop one of those funky, fresh hip-hop instrumentals that we may rappeth over? Oh, it's the music discussion beat. Word, yo. 
Hey yo, they call me dope cause I smoke a bunch of marijuana I'ma take it up from Athens to the ghettos of Uganda Bobby Wambi on his grind trying to do the shit with Donna They be running campaigns, dropping tunes as a reminder Now I won't play it against six state of events When even the motherfucking dictator can spit It's only a power play and a way to persist That's why the people on the street can't wait to resist I rap with a heavy heart that's got the mass of the motherland With niggas that disagree and they clash with the government They doing a revolution while doing the running man We needin' that restitution I knew you would understand I'ma be quiet when they throw me the rope You can try to deny it But you know that it's dope I be sunning rappers Sit them down, teach them like a son Just give me my reparations Or I'll beat you like a drum Motherf- Dope 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 Yeah I'm Dope Knife I'm Lingua Franca And we are waiting on reparations See you next week See y'all Waiting on Reparations is a production of iHeartRadio. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.